0: So heads I win being we're still pricing in rate cuts and tails I win because this was a sign of economic strength. So why not? You're listening to IBKR
1: Podcasts. Find more conversations at IBKRpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode.
2: Now, welcome to our show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Interactive Brokers Podcast. My name's Andrew Wilkinson. I'm here with my colleague, Steve Sosnick. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great. Thanks, Andrew. And down in West Palm Beach, we have Jose Torres, Senior Economist for Interactive Brokers Group. How are you, Jose?
3: Doing great, Andrew. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure, mate.
2: Um, We're going to start with you. Why did the recent comments from Jerome Powell about higher for longer interest rates lead to a market sell-off. What's your take on that, Jose?
3: Well, I think some investors were expecting a pause or some commentary supporting a pause either now or in the near future due to the financial stability concerns emerging from the regional bank debacles. But Chairman Powell stayed hawkish. He understands that the progress on inflation has been strong, but the road hasn't ended yet. He still has more to go on inflation. Basically, it's been easier to go a lot easier to go from nine percent to five percent because of the commodity prices and the supply chains. Now, from going to five percent to two percent, that's a lot more difficult. So uh, the market was a little more optimistic than the Fed was on that in that regard.
2: Well, so let's talk about uh, the payroll report from last week. Did, did that justify Powell's persistent hawkish- hawkishness and? Tell us about what you thought to be the highlights in the report.
3: Absolutely. I thought that it justified his hawkishness. I mean, you had broad-based gains to about 250,000 additions, and you had huge wage gains, 0.5%, which if you annualize that, that's 6%, right? That is nowhere near consistent with 2% inflation and supportive of Chair Powell and the Fed to continue tightening policy. As far as a rate cut, the market has also been very optimistic on that front. Since last June, it's been, okay, inflation's over. Let's push risk assets higher. You know, and we find that every every month or two, there seems to be a, uh, a blockade on that front.
2: Well, Steve, over to you. Market players looked at the jobs report and they saw the inflationary message. Was there some role? You've been talking a lot about zero date, uh, zero to expiration options recently. You've got a thing about them. Did they play any kind of a role? In the rally on Friday, well, at about eight
0: forty-five or nine o'clock in the morning, I tweeted: "Zeros DTE traders, start revving your engines because you could see <laughs> it." It was it was very much a heads I win, tails I win report for mm. as far as the market took it. I, I don't actually think it was, and and the reasons Jose mentioned. But we've been pricing in rate cuts going further out, which are still being priced in, by the way. Which would have to imply either a miraculous victory about inflation, and I think it was the head of the New York Fed who said, you know, what are we gonna do, say, oops, you know, we were wrong, let's turn around and cut rates. No, they're not gonna do that without some sort of crisis. But so heads I win being, we're still pricing in rate cuts, And tails I win because this was a sign of economic strength. So why not? That was enough. Friday, remember, every Friday has been zero DTE day for for 20 years because they're weekly options Mm -hmm. and they're always an option on expiry is always a Z- zero DTE option. But you've got this mania. You know, you could see the options volume sort of pyramiding upon itself. And off it went. That's why you, you, we didn't even have a downtick at any point. And so I think the reaction was was a bit outsized. But when you really get down to it, do you know, take a, has it, I, I checked this number today. What did the S&P move over the three-day period from Tuesday afternoon through Friday afternoon? 16 points. Andrew was flashing a little zero, and that's effectively a zero. So we ran very hard to stay in place.
2: So what's the outlook ahead? We've got the Sebovix index at about 17. Investors seem to be quite complacent about everything. Are they ignoring some headwinds, potential headwinds?
0: Um, Yes. (laughs) Um, My piece today was entitled, Don't Fire Until You See the Whites of Their Eyes. Which, you know, being British, you may not be as familiar with that phrase, but it comes from the Battle of Bunker Hill in the American Revolution. And it was the, the Redcoats had far more ammunition uh, than the than the revolutionaries. I,
2: I can't say I was there,
0: No, no, nor was I. It's a bit more legendary on our side than yours. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, basically, it was to to conserve to conserve their powder. It was don't start shooting until the guys are close because you're much better shot of hitting people from close range. And that's really what they're that's the approach they're taking with this debt prop, with the debt ceiling. Remember, VIX is the markets. It's it's designed to measure the market's best estimate of volatility over the coming thirty days, and what it's telling you is it doesn't. The markets don't expect much, and so. We've seen the movie before about the debt ceiling. There's a lot of suspense usually, but the ending is usually pretty benign, So usually dull. And I think that's the route the market is taking right now, despite the fact that, and I'll let Jose weigh in on this because I'd like to hear his opinion, but despite the fact that, you know, things look pretty unresolved in the short term.
2: Well, let's, let's toss that hot potato to Jose. Why why, is, why are investors still looking for a cut in interest rates by the time of the Sept- September meeting when inflation is... Right there in our faces.
3: Well, first, let me um, touch on the debt ceiling um, that, um, that Steve passed on. So I think the market is conditioned to sort of disregard the debt ceiling problems because they've been occurring for so long. And the last time we've had some really meaningful Uh, volatility was about uh, around 2011. So everyone just expects things to just go smoothly. They raise the debt limit and then, you know, party on. But this time around is a little different. You know, you have um, Senator McConnell is now in the minority. He's lost a lot of influence in in Washington. And you have Congressman McCarthy, who's the speaker. You know, he became speaker by appealing to the freedom caucus of the in in the house tends to be more extreme tends to want to negotiate less so if they have any leverage on him then those discussions could prolong and generate some volatility in the markets and while the equity volatility has been low like in steve's piece today he notes that um treasury bond volatility has been a lot higher. So I think that we, we have to really be attentive to, to the discussions in Washington. They're meeting on May 9th around four o'clock. Uh, as far as rate cuts, another thing, it's conditioning. You know, The market has been conditioned that whenever there's trouble, whenever there's some kind of uh, economic volatility, or some job losses, bank failures, anything all the above, the Fed comes in right away and helps. But the Fed hasn't had inflation as a primary problem for a long time. So now that we have inflation and you have Chair Powell really focused on that, you know, those rate cuts could be hard to come by. If
0: I can sort of chime in here, one of my theses has been peak and pause do not mean pivot. And I think that's very important And because and, historically there's no reason necessarily to believe that they're going to turn around and cut rates. There's no the the last time they did that, I believe, was sometime in the 90s where they where they pretty much cut the rate shortly after after peaking it. Otherwise, it's been about six to nine months over the past 20 years. And as you note, inflation has not been an issue. And the Fed has been they've been really unanimous in their in their messaging about not wanting to cut rates before prematurely. I, I just don't see it, but somehow the market, the market is is, is t- almost taunting the Fed in that regard. Do you agree?
3: I do agree. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, since COVID, the pickup and retail participation that we've had, that has been unambiguously bullish almost all the time and looking for the next reason to run higher. Uh, and you talk a lot about that in a lot of your pieces, Steve, about uh, you know up pretty much upside being sort of addictive and the market sometimes acting like a casino. And I think this is just, again, another example of market participants just looking for another reason to go higher. And another thing I'll add is that Chair Powell actually acknowledged this meeting. Whenever the messaging from the Fed has become a little lighter, like back when he spoke about neutral, I think it was June or July, in January, he spoke about disinflation. Whenever the messaging becomes lighter, financial conditions loosen, and then you have another leg higher in inflation. When the Fed came in and helped the regional banking system and added $300 billion to the balance sheet. It's no coincidence that on Wednesday, we're going to have a hot CPI, maybe even hotter than expectations, partly due to that Easing of financial conditions that occurred in March when the Fed came in and extinguished that fire.
2: Let's wrap up with Steve. Some talk about banning short selling on regional bank. Any interest in that suggestion, sir? Uh,
0: no. I mean, they, they did they did try that in you know during the great glo- global financial crisis, and it didn't work. You know, the problem is. And I, I said this, I, I did an appearance with NASDAQ on on Friday, where we alluded to it. And I guess we'll drop that in the, um, we'll
2: drop in the link show in notes. There. We'll put that in the show notes.
0: Yeah. But when I did this, uh, when I did a presentation with NASDAQ about this recently, I, I described short selling as sort of like the lubricant for the financial system. It's, it's like the motor oil. You, it's you the do,
2: lifeblood, isn't
0: it? It's not the lifeblood. It just sort of you need it there, though. It keeps things, it keeps the wheels greased, right. so, to, so to speak. There's because, no market without two sides, right? Every buyer needs a seller. And, and markets can be overvalued. And there, and there's no, there's no problem, in my mind, with as long as you do it legally... With trying to just as it's customary to buy low, sell high. There's nothing wrong with trying to sell high, buy low. Again, assuming you know you borrow the shares. There's a lot of risk. People underappreciate the risk of short selling because you have to not only get the trade right, but you've got to get the borrow right. Uh, the meter's always running when you have a short sale on, and also it's an asymmetric risk. You can you can make a hundred percent, which is wonderful, but you can lose an unlimited amount. And so the idea of just banning it, you know, saying we shouldn't do this, that that to me is like a panic move. Don't do it. The shorts are wrong. They have to cover. And that's a source of demand. And you should actually, if you you think they're not going out of business, you should encourage it. And as long as the rules are being observed, short sellers really can't put a company out of business. Fundamentals do win over time.
2: And Jose, we we should... We shouldn't let you go without uh, your input on the consumer price index reading this
3: week. I think it's going to be hot. It's uh, part of it driven by the Fed's loosening of financial conditions to help the regional banking system in March. That propelled some pressure in April. You also had the OPEC plus production cut led to significantly higher oil and gasoline prices uh, and services, which has been the story for just a long time. And it's going to take forever to bring services inflation down. So we're going to have a hot CPI report on Wednesday.
2: Steve Sosnick, Jose Torres. Thank you very much. This is Andrew Wilkinson wrapping up for IBKLpodcast.com
1: thanks for listening to ibkr podcasts as always we have more episodes at Podcasts.com. and if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers visit ibkr.com we offer more trading education materials such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news market related courses at tradersacademy.online and quant-related articles at idkrquant.com. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and if it's necessary, seek professional advice. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available at ibkr.com. Options involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. For more information, read the Characteristics and Risks of Standardized Options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description
0: page.